Welcome to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. What's up, guys? I'm Courtney Bishop, your high performance coach and host of the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. In each episode, we share insights around the topics of movement, meditation, mindfulness, and nutrition to help you show up at your highest potential daily. I provide solo casts to share tools I use with clients, as well as host inspirational guests who have taken the time to pursue what makes them come alive. Welcome back for episode 35. And today we will be talking about how to bring more mindfulness into your world. And I'm actually going to break this into a three-part series to make it more applicable to you. So whether you are a new coach, an athlete who is maybe aspiring to become a coach, or simply just a human being, I want to give you practical takeaways to make this work for you. So make sure to tune in to the entire series. Welcome back to part two of this three-part series on how to bring more mindfulness into your day. And I mentioned it in the intro that I made this a three-part series. And the reason for that is because when I um, put out the questionnaire on Instagram asking what you guys wanted to learn next on the podcast, uh, you picked this topic. And when I sat down to put the episode together, I realized I had a lot to say about this subject. And it would better serve you if I broke it down and share techniques that you could practically apply based on what role you are serving in. So in part one, we talked about how to be more mindful as a new coach. And in case you missed that, go back, check it out. Even if you aren't a new coach or you don't aspire to be a coach, I still think that you will find value by making the examples fit to the type of work that you do. And then today, we'll be discussing how to be more mindful as an athlete. And I'm really excited to share these techniques and tools with you guys today. So let's kick off with a definition to make sure we're all on the same page. And if you listen to part one, I did share just a definition I pieced together based on mindfulness trainings I've done in the past. However, today I'm going to be referring to our handy friend, the Webster Dictionary. So according to Webster, mindfulness is the practice of maintaining a non-judgmental state of heightened or complete awareness of one's thoughts, emotions, or experiences on a moment-to-moment basis. So now that you kind of have a concept or framework, in case you weren't super familiar with mindfulness or maybe never heard it defined before. So now let's dive into why does being a mindful athlete rather than an athlete with your mind full matter? And before I dive in, I just want to share that a lot of this stuff is probably things you've heard and possibly know. But as humans, we're forgetful, right? Like, you probably don't remember what you had for lunch a week ago today. That's just, that's not how the brain works. You have to conserve energy for what matters uh, now. Um, But sometimes you just need the reminder. And hearing it said in a different way, and it hits you different, and is exactly what you need to hear in that moment. So, why does it matter? First, I think the biggest reason which 
doesn't necessarily need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway, is to just help you stop going through the motions so you can really show up fully to the process within your training, your nutrition, your recovery, stress management, etc. all these variables that play into the role of an athlete so that you can find what works best for you and enjoy your process rather than feeling like this is something you have to be doing and therefore white-knuckling your way through and just trying to get through it. It's really easy to get in the habit of going through the motions because what we do repetitively becomes more automated in our brain, like I said, to conserve energy for what matters. So therefore, it takes practice to bring mindfulness and intention curiosity and creativity to the habits that you routinely do so you can consistently apply yourself and see your process with like fresh eyes each time as you develop as an athlete. Second, this is something I've actually seen a lot with new POA athletes and that's to help you let go of operating in extremes. There's this idea as an athlete uh, that it has to be really freaking hard, that if the intensity of your training or the challenge and discomfort you're experiencing around your nutrition goals, if it's not really hard, then it's not working, and that it has to be hard to work, and that's just simply not true, because usually what happens in this situation is that the challenge is so daunting that you run out of willpower and you can only maintain that intensity for a period of time or the challenge is like paralyzing because it's so overwhelming and so you simply quit before you even begin because it's just too much. So with mindfulness, we can find ways to operate more in the gray so that you can enjoy what you're doing, be adherent and consistent with your process so that you actually grow without setting the bar so high that you feel defeated and give up. And then the third reason why it matters to be a mindful athlete is simply so you can let go of what's weighing you down and dimming your energy to become more resilient. These are things like self-doubt, comparing yourself to others or maybe even past versions of yourself, perfectionism, and overwhelm. These are all things that can hinder you and get in your way. So, what does it look like to operate as an athlete with your mind full instead of being a mindful athlete? <laughs> I love that. I touched on this a little in part one in case you listened to that episode, but if not, I previously went through a trauma-informed yoga teacher training program, and this experience led me to the realization of just how deeply I could experience life, and therefore, how much life I had actually missed out on before, because I was always so busy rushing towards my goals with a heavy focus on the outcome that I was kind of not as deeply immersed in the process as I could have been. 
And so if you're listening, it's because you are probably a driven athlete with this athlete mentality embedded in you. And it's not just athletics. It's so many systems and structures. There's layers to how this mentality has become the norm for athletes. But you're probably hard-headed and your own biggest critic. You are always in this mindset of go, 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 have to be doing and productive, rest is for the mentally weak, etc. And this can lead you to treating your body like a machine rather than respecting it when it whispers asking like, please slow down so I can rest and recover and heal in order for you to perform at your highest potential. And I I know this because I have experienced all these things too. And as an athlete, your goal is to improve your performance and your physique and to get better at over time. But if you are always pushing to the extreme and you don't recover, it can get to a point where your process starts to take away from your quality of life and can eventually lead to you burning out, possibly getting injured, And having to step away from doing what you love for either an extended period of time or possibly for some forever. And sincerely, I do not, I do not, do not, do not want that for you. Because it was this athlete mentality that led me to just that. I had pushed myself so hard through an injury. I burned out. I was forced to slow down and completely change my pace and the pursuit of my athletic goals. But now I have deep gratitude for yoga and for mindfulness because this really opened the door for me to changing my approach as an athlete and is why I am here now and able to share this knowledge with you guys today. So my goal with this episode is really to provide practical ways that you as a driven athlete can bring more mindfulness into your world and show up fully so that you can maintain or maybe even reclaim the joy and freedom around your fitness, around your nutrition, all of these things that make up your athletic journey so it's sustainable and you can keep doing what you love for life. So let's jump into the techniques and the tools that I have used personally in my own journey. These are also things that I have found to be really helpful with POA athletes I've worked with in the past, as well as teams that I've coached to just help these athletes bring more care and more awe and more wonder into the world of an athlete. So first up, The first tool I'll share to bring more mindfulness into your life as an athlete is auto-regulation. And if you have not heard this fancy term before, in its essence, it means listen to your body. And if that's too vague for you, then listen to your body basically means to adjust variables, which could be your training, your nutrition, based on fatigue that you feel from daily non-training stressors. Um, 
So for an example, maybe your job is very structured and rigid. You're in an office all day and you have meetings back to back. And sometimes you just need a stress relief from that structure. And you crave doing something that feels liberating and a little bit more playful. So instead of sticking to your structured training program that day, whatever you have on paper that you're supposed to do, quote unquote supposed to, maybe you go off program for a day and you bring in some kind of movement that feels a little bit more playful to balance and realign your energy. So obviously you get to decide what type of movement is right for you. But this is just an example of how you can make your your training a little bit more gray rather than either I'm on program or I'm off program in this black and white thinking. And, you know, if you have, this is going to depend on your goal. So if you have a powerlifting meet coming up, then obviously you'll need to stick to the program for the most part for specificity. But if you're in an off-season or you're far out from a competition, this is so important for longevity to allow yourself to, like I said, enjoy your process rather than forcing it and resenting it. So to take this a little further, um, doing gymnastics, running, dance, these types of things Those give you an opportunity to let go of sets and reps and the numerical value goals. So this can allow you to drop out of focusing on that so you can instead focus on what you are feeling in your body while you are moving. So feeling your heart pounding in your chest, feeling your respiratory rate and the muscles being used, focusing on the gratitude for your body's ability and what it's doing. Um, you can focus on how certain shapes that you're making, maybe while you're dancing, how do those make you feel mentally and spiritually and emotionally? Do you feel powerful or grounded or centered or free or constricted or expansive? Uh, so really all of this is just about inviting the energy of play, curiosity, and creativity into your movement practice or your training, whatever it is that you want to call it. And I love this tool for athletes because I truly believe it helps them step into sovereignty of developing their intuition to ebb and flow. Like I said, learning to live in the gray and operate in different gears instead of just I'm on plan and killing it or I'm off plan and a failure, letting them kind of, you know, have that their own navigation. And when we remove this black and white thinking, it allows the athlete to stack wins and build empowerment and encourage joy of the process to maintain longevity, which is the goal, in my opinion. And if that's not your goal, then maybe disregard everything I just said. But I think most of us here probably want to keep doing this for as long as we can because we love it. So number two uh, tool and technique I want to share is mindful eating. And this looks like bringing your full attention to your meal. So that's putting your phone away, turning off the TV, eliminating all or as many distractions as possible, 
to slow down and be present with what you're nourishing your body with. So when you're eating, this could look like paying attention to the various flavors in your meal or noticing the texture of the food as you eat it. You can pay attention to feeling the food as you're digesting it and notice how you feel after. Does your body respond positively and you feel good or do you feel bloated or like you're crashing or like you're stuffed? Hopefully you're not feeling stuffed. If you just paid attention while you were eating, you would notice to stop eating before you get to the point of feeling stuffed. But anyway, um, so mindful eating is a tool you can use to raise awareness around your nutrition habits without having to be as rigid as, say, something like tracking calories and macros. I know, especially in the world of strength training, everyone wants to do just what the science says is optimal on paper, which is great, and I definitely advise reading up on what's been proven to work. But as an athlete, and if you're listening, potentially you're maybe even an aspiring or a new coach, You should also take note that a lot of those studies are short-term, and the more that you work with clients, the more you'll see that it's not just about what's optimal on paper, but what is optimal for you, the individual, right? Because everyone is at a different point in their journey, and you need to be able to find a method of eating that you enjoy and can stick to and that aligns with your goals in order to reap the benefits you desire. So again, it's just another tool to have in your belt of being able to stick with your goals and have a little bit more of a lax approach. (laughs) And I found that Mindful eating really helps clients, again, to deepen intuition in their nutrition journey of what types of foods do do they cooperate well with and how much of said food. What types of settings do they prefer to eat in? Do they like to make a whole experience out of their meal every time they sit down to eat? Like they cook something fresh, they light a candle, they turn on really nice music. So it's an opportunity to experiment and play and again, just not be so rigid. I'd also like to remind you that food is so much more than just calories. There's so much emotion involved. Food packs memories and nostalgia from childhood. It's incorporated in social events and experiences within our community and with friends. And so if you're constantly telling yourself, no, I can't go to that social event or I shouldn't have XYZ, and you're labeling food as good or bad, eventually this can lead to getting to a breaking point where you end up binging because you just want to eat all the things that you've told yourself were bad and off limits. So this is your reminder that you're not a robot or a machine. Yes, you have physique and performance goals that you want to tweak your nutrition for, but remember to fit life into them rather than seeing life as a deterrent to your goals. Yes, you will have to make temporary sacrifices at times, whether you're trying to gain and build or you're in a cutting phase, but just remember that it shouldn't be an all-the-time thing 
or else it could lead to burnout. So longevity, longevity, longevity. <laughs> That's the goal. And the third tip I would like to share with you guys and tool is visualization. So this is visualization of your performance or and or your physique goals. So I played softball from the age of four throughout college. And I remember peak performance coaches coming to talk to us athletes, uh, obviously not when I was four, but more when I got older. And they would talk to us about using this tool of visualization. And I remember them teaching us, and this is what I've taught my college softball players in the past now too, is what does success feel like? So I would practice outside of softball practice. What does the perfect hit feel like? What does fielding a ground ball successfully feel like and look like? And what this practice is doing is helping us to build the neural pathways in the brain of getting it right. So that when you are actually within your sport and the ball comes to you on the field, You've already practiced that situation in your mind numerous times and are familiar with how you'll respond in order to perform it successfully. And I just, like I said, I found it to be a profound tool in the past when I was playing softball. And then obviously, I, like I said, I've coached other athletes on it. So I definitely recommend it. And then as far as from the physique side of things, you can start to visualize what does my dream physique look and feel like? As a, if you're a bodybuilding athlete, what does that mind-muscle connection feel like in your bicep or in your quad? Uh, like channeling all of your focus into that. Or maybe you're not a physique athlete, but you're just trying to change your body composition. So you can still use this tool to imagine how good you feel eating all the foods aligned with your goals, and you can visualize how being in your dream physique feels. Is it hard? Is it soft? Is it supple? Is it fast? Is it forceful? So these are just all ideas to get your wheels spinning and imagine how you can use visualization in your tool belt as an athlete. I also would recommend you use visualization as a tool for checking in with your energy. And this plays into the longevity and sustainability of your athletic journey. So maybe one of your goals is to compete at a powerlifting meet in a few months. So you can use visualization to kind of check in with yourself and really feel like, does this like few months time span, does that feel real, realistic and sustainable um, based on like the program that you're currently running is is that serving you or do you need to maybe make changes to your volume or your frequency or your duration to make the pace feel less like you're having to hustle and white knuckle so that you can enjoy it more and therefore have a better outcome at that powerlifting meet in a few months. So it's maybe you call it an energy check, but having visualization sessions 
where you really just check in with yourself to make sure that what you're doing is a sustainable practice. And then lastly, I just want to call out that you know, certain phases where you're you're gaining and you're building or you're cutting. I sort of mentioned this already in the last tool, but sometimes those phases, they they are just going to be temporary. So if you ask yourself, can I keep this up forever when you're, you know, deep into a cut, obviously the answer is going to be no. But that's okay because those phases aren't supposed to last forever. This is why we have cycles and we have seasons as an athlete to not just have an on and off switch of like, I'm killing it and I'm in this, you know, high intensity phase of my training. But if I don't do that forever, then I'm off program and I'm a failure. No, it's not that on off switch like we've already mentioned. This, is, this isn't a black and white thing. You, you have cycles, you have seasons to be able to give yourself time to recover and kind of pull back and then also have phases or seasons where you're pushing a little bit harder and ebbing and flowing between the two. So there you have it. Those are my three tools as a driven athlete of how you can bring more mindfulness into your journey. There's auto-regulation, and you can maybe even uh, label this as like mindful movement. I feel like the examples that I gave, for some of you, it may be like really far out there, but it's just uh, an exploration, and, and you can experiment with auto-regulation to see what works for you. Tool number two was mindful eating, and then tool number three visualization. So I always say this with clients, there's limitless tools out there. Stay curious, stay creative. What works for you now may not work for you as you evolve. So be open and be adaptive. My goal is to simply help you become more resourceful and able to empower yourself. So hopefully these three tools I shared today just as suggestions can help you to get the wheels spinning of how you can bring more mindfulness into your world as an athlete. So I'd love to hear from you. If you're not already in the community on Instagram, hop on over there. Make sure to give us a follow at the pursuit of authenticity underscore. And then comment on this post for episode 35. And I'd love to know what do you currently do to bring more mindfulness into your life as an athlete. And, or if you don't currently have any practices, I'd love to hear which of these suggestions do you plan to try on. So join the conversation over there. And then if this episode is resonating with you hard and you want to learn more, you're like, I really want to bring more mindfulness into my world as an athlete. Um, My books are currently closed, for taking on POA athletes, but I am currently adding athletes to our wait list for when enrollment reopens, which I have not announced this anywhere yet, so sneak preview, but it will be in early 2023, and I'm super excited for that. So if that's you, check out the link 
in the show notes for the waitlist and be sure to apply so I can reach out to you when the time comes. There's going to be limited space of clients that I'm taking on at that time. So if you're even just a little interested, be sure to get your name on that list. I'm so excited for it. And then lastly, remember this is a three-part series. So if you missed part one, go back, tune in, check it out, see what you take away Again, even if you're not a new coach, I know you'll be able to make those examples fit to the type of work that you do. And then stay tuned. We will be coming back for part three in a couple weeks, and I'm so excited to share that with you. So I hope you enjoyed, and I will see you again in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support us by following along, leaving a review, sharing it out, or donating. There are a few more ways you can get involved in the POA community. Number one, hop on over to Instagram and join the conversation. Two, apply for coaching. We are currently accepting applications for our signature offer, Unleash Your Potential. Three, join our newsletter. This is a quick five-tip email that I send out on Mondays. I deem it Monday Minutes. And it's full of things I am reading, using, and loving to perform at my highest potential daily. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, be sure to sign up. You will receive a free guided meditation for joining. All the links for everything I just mentioned are included in the show notes. It has been a pleasure to have you here, and I thank you so much. I will see you again on the next episode.